0: If I ever become a grandfather, that's the kind of grandfather I'm going to be. Great advice, doesn't give a shit, snorts heroin, but still tells his son that he's proud of him. Damn, I almost cut my
1: friend's head off with a chainsaw.
0: Welcome to Movie Mug and the Father and Son podcast that always bats cleanup. What is that? So in baseball, hmm. it's the person who bats fourth, and the reasoning behind that is the hope is that you will get a couple of people on base. The guy who bats first is normally somebody who has a good on base percentage, okay. whether it's through walks or hits, and so you're hoping a couple of guys can get on base for the cleanup batter, and uh, he can clean up the bases by knocking them in. Typically, your guy who hits the most home runs or uh, hits the ball hard. It's like Josh Hamilton
1: pre-downfall.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely a cleanup hitter.
1: Or the Napoli?
0: Uh, I don't think Napoli was ever a cleanup hitter for the Rangers. So Jack is not a sports guy at all.
1: Especially not baseball.
0: You've probably seen a handful of baseball games, and it's because you went to the baseball game. And
1: that's because mom's dad likes that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like his birthday present or Father's Day, whatever. Used to be like every year.
0: Well, they finally got a roof over the stadium, which was bullshit when you live in the state that's closest to the sun mm-hmm. to have a ballpark with no fucking roof. And
1: the crickets, man. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that fucking lady, one fell on her, and she hit it onto me.
0: And you squealed like a stuck pig.
1: Yeah, well, no, I didn't. I got it off, and I think she said sorry. I was in my blood rage.
0: So other than the two baseball players that... You just said, "Can you name five baseball players?"
1: Ian Kinsler, okay. David Murphy, okay. At least ones that, and I'm not going to say Babe Ruth because that's cheating. Um, Nelson Cruz, the worst catch in the entire fucking. What what is MLB?
0: Yeah, <laughs> the worst non catch that fucking cost
1: him the fucking World yeah, Series. Yeah, fucking garbage. Yeah, I liked him. I did too. Elvis He's still playing. Andrews, yeah. And Adrian Beltre. Nice. I know. I know a decent amount. I've been to more than five baseball games, and and I've been around mom's dad when he's talking to you about
0: shit you don't care about. That's not true.
1: Well, he, he'll talk your ear off about baseball. I'll oh, talk. You sports. Darvish.
0: I'll talk sports all day long. All right, name five current baseball players. <laughs> Nelson Cruz. Yeah, he's like fifty years old and, and still playing.
1: And Napoli, he's still on. He's, uh, no, he's no? no. He was on the Angels, wasn't he? He's retired. But he went to the Angels after. He's been around a lot of teams. Um. So I got Nelson Cruz It's because yep. you told me. <laughs> uh, Ian Kinsler's done. David Murphy's done. Yeah. Josh Hamilton's done. Obviously, oh, well, he's... You, you Darvish. Uh, yeah, you Darvish is still playing. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of Rangers <laughs> names. Um,
0: That's right, Wanna Des be- Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even playing football, yeah. football anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't- All right, I'll go ahead and put you out of your misery. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't figure you'd know. Baseball is
1: like the most boring piece of shit sport to watch. We have been watching a lot of hockey. Playoff yeah, hockey. Hockey is the only sport that is cool to watch. Hockey, where people can fight each other, fuck each other up. There's a puck flying at, like, 200 miles an hour. I like, 85 sometimes. And still, I wouldn't want to be in the fucking... No, no doubt. Even with the amount of pads that they wear, no, I would want more. Fuck that.
0: Because they, they lay down and get in front of shots all the time and block them, and then you see them kind of, as much as you can limp on skates, kind of skate limping off, and you just <laughs> know it fucking hurts so bad. Those guys are tougher than any other exactly. people in sports. And when I worked in radio... They were the nicest guys in sports. Because they're just cool. Even the stars of the team took time to talk to you, and they were fucking awesome, man. Uh, Yeah, it's just hockey is a
1: fucking tough sport, but they also make it fun to watch by adding game kind of things, like the way they do penalties instead of, oh, this guy was one inch out of line, so now you're five yards back. It's like,
0: oh, that's boring. Yeah, all the penalties in football are just yeah, it does and suck the life out of you.
1: Players are assholes.
0: Yeah, they were the biggest assholes of everybody that I that I worked with.
1: No in, wonder in sports, and baseball's second place, I assume.
0: Um, yeah, there were some a holes <laughs> in uh, in in the locker room. You could just say a holes on our show. Yeah, I did, I did. Will Clark was the biggest, and I know that that hurts. Uh, Chris at the Film Stripping podcast's heart because he has like a framed autographed jersey of Will Clark, which is funny because when I was bashing Will Clark the last time, I think he had just got one of those jerseys like uh, framed and stuff. So, yeah. I'm well, I'm sure I'm I'm sure he was nice at some point. Maybe he's nice to his kids. Huh? He's nice to other people. But he was a dick to the press. But fucking hockey man, I've been watching every single game I can get my eyes on for playoff hockey. I don't watch one single game during the year, but I try to watch every single fucking playoff game because there is nothing better than playoff hockey, especially a game seven that goes into overtime. Dude, it's so great. So great. All right, well, I'm Vince. I'm Jack. And we are father and son duo who love watching movies and having a conversation, but more importantly, spending quality father-son time together. This is episode number 162, which just happens to be how many games they play in the major leagues in a season. Isn't that interesting? Major leagues of hockey? No, baseball. Oh. Because we start off talking about baseball, and now it just kind of works its way right into how many episodes we're doing. Yeah. I didn't even plan that.
1: two games. That's... It's a lot. Way too much.
0: Yep. It
1: is a lot. I wish it was 162 for hockey, or maybe like rugby or something. Maybe rugby's fun to watch. I never tried. Dude,
0: the body could not handle that many games in those sports. Yeah, there is no fucking way.
1: Because baseball is what like ninety percent standing still.
0: It's it's a lot of standing still. It's just like and spitting.
1: And they get paid, yeah, and grabbing their cups. Mm-hmm. It's just boring. That's a sport where I will watch. I will gladly watch a highlight reel mm-hmm. because that's awesome. Same with basketball. Uh, I would never watch a game of my own accord, but if I was on YouTube and one got suggested to me a highlight reel, fuck yeah, I'll watch it. Watching people get a trillion dunks, or like if Nelson Cruz did make that catch, or if there was a really mm.
0: sick grand slam, like I would watch stuff like that. Being a a Rangers fan, grew up with the Rangers, used to go to games all the time. Man, one out away from winning the World Series, and I, we watched that on TV. It broke my fucking heart. No, you, you guys went to sleep. And because it went late and they're, they're down and Josh Hamilton hits a home run that puts the Rangers on top. And then they go to the ninth inning and Neftali Feliz has two outs and one fucking strike away. One fucking strike. And they lose the fucking game. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I took some solace in the fact that the Rangers beat the Yankees to go to the world series. And the way they did it is at the very end, they struck out, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod. Everyone hates him. That is my favorite sports moment of all time, seeing him strike out and the Rangers getting to go to the World Series. It was just fucking beautiful. And and so my heart was broke that they lost the World Series, but at the same time, they kind of won the World Series in my heart a little bit by beating (laughs) the Yankees. Now, the next year, they went to the World Series again and lost to uh, Chris's um, fucking San Francisco Giants, and you know that one hurt more because I was like— I was like, okay, we got to fucking win this one because we need a fucking World Series, you know, championship, and the fucking Giants had already won before. But anyway, um, okay, well, enough sports talk because we are not a sports talk uh, podcast. I would have quit long ago if you didn't already notice. So, uh, what do you say we head on over to the lobby? Sure. All right. Well, buckle up, motherfuckers, because it's lobby time with Vincent Jack. That's pretty good. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Movie Mug and Lobby. It's time we talk about things that aren't necessarily related to movies, but I still think they're important enough to warrant some airtime. Okay. A couple things. Jack, what was wrong with you last week? (coughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, Oh,
1: okay. No. So, uh,
0: yeah. Here's a a little bit of uh, last week, Jack.
1: (coughs) 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 Damn. I couldn't get it out of my throat. It, like I, I'm kind of having that issue now. I just heard because I'll clear it, but I won't f- like fully clear it. And then like as I talk, it like rises back up or something and like clings its claws into my throat and then I gotta do it again. because that was ridiculous last week. I and mean, that's why I went mm-hmm, because I was trying to grind
0: that shit up and get it out. Okay, so for the third week in a row, I checked our emails and we got another one okay. that I need to go over. All right, so this one is from our uh, one of our super fans, Mike in Pennsylvania, the one who suggested we watch The Blob, mm-hmm. which we did. And then he said that he was going to take one of our movie mug and stickers out to the famous theater that The Blob killed uh, evidently 1200 people inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Bullshit." You're going to wear a movie mug and shirt if I have anything to do with it. Yeah. So we sent him a movie mug and shirt and uh, he wore it and got his picture made in front of the Colonial Theater. That's pretty cool. So his email says, okay, I finally got a chance to take a photo. I apologize if it's not the best quality. I forgot to tell you that Phoenixville became a very hipster town in the 60 plus years since the blob. I can see that. My kids helped, but the only way to get a better angle would be to stand in the middle of traffic. Uh, I'll wear the shirt to Blobfest and hopefully get better photos. When we started this podcast, would you have ever believed that somebody in Pennsylvania would be wearing one of our shirts in front of a, a fucking famous movie place?
1: But not only would they would just be wearing it there, but they would go there to get pictures in front of it to send up. I know. <laughs> it's just, I can't really wrap my head around it that well. It's weird to me.
0: It's It's awesome, though. I love the fact that people have reached out to us. Like, I know there's a lot of people that listen that won't reach out to us and never will. And, and, that's and fine. Whatever, that's man, what, that, that's, that's what cool. I, do. I appreciate you listening, man. It's it's awesome. But I love it when people reach out and, and look how much it's worked out for them. True, that we you're inspiring
1: people to reach out because they're like, oh, we'll get free stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, reach out. Send us an email. Just let us know that you're out there. Uh, give me an address and I will send you a movie mug and sticker. Yeah. Let me show you some of these pics. So here he is in his pupper. That's just right in front? Yeah. Let me show you another one. That's pretty fucking cool. I know. Cool. It is awesome. <laughs> and he gave us a PS at the end of the email. My dog pooped while trying to take this photo. <laughs> so I feel like that's poetic somehow. Yeah, the The, the dog would poop for us. <laughs> yeah, but man, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, man. Mike, that's really fucking cool. And the, the fact that you're going to wear it to Blobfest, I'm... I'm excited about that, but at the same time, we kind of shit on the movie. So, I, I you know, if people are going to come and listen, oh. I'm a little, a little worried about how that might go. But you know what? I well, mean,
1: they, they might not look through every
0: episode
1: before, they probably won't look for the blob immediately. Uh, good point. And that's pretty far down. Uh, so, they'll probably just stop somewhere in the middle or
0: listen to one of our early ones. And the bottom line is, um, you know, Mike forgave us for for not liking it. I mean, yeah, he didn't he really more expect than forgave us. Yeah, he didn't really expect, especially you, to like it. All right. So, piggybacking off that story, I want to go into a little in the news with Jack. All right, Jack. So you're always looking for some alternate streams of income, right? No. Well, you should be because there's a company that offers more than $6,000 to smell dog poop for 2 months. For 2 months mm-hmm. I had I couldn't. So there's a plant-based pet food company in Britain. It's offering to pay a dog owner more than $6,000 to switch their canine's diet for 2 months and keep track of the pet's poop smells. Ugh. So I guess you have to actually apply for this, and it says the winning applicant will be paid $6,685.82 to use Omni's dog food for two months and report on the effects the food has on the animal's frequency of bowel movements, poop odor, energy levels, behavior, sleep patterns, weight, and fur condition.
1: I, I mean, I would never do that. One, because I have to smell dog shit, and I, I used to pick up the dog shit. <laughs> oh, dude. You still need to and it would just every once in a while you'd get one that's just a pile of refried beans out there yep. and you'd be trying to scoop it up oh my gosh it smells so bad i'd be dry heaving out there i can't i can't do that but also if it's supposed to affect all these other different things about my dog and also it's plant based one of the things i despise the most that i've seen on the internet or i guess videos i love to see is some lady who claims her dog is vegan, like, goes on a Dr. Phil-like um, show, and they put what she makes for the dog on the ground, and then, like, a T-bone steak over there, and the dog always goes to the meat. Oh, but my, my dog loves uh, vegetables. I know. Dude, barely, like, uh, we've had one dog in the three. Did Buzz like vegetables? No, bud. Yeah, he so... You spit that shit out. Out of the four dogs we've had, one likes vegetables, but that's just because she'll eat anything. Literally.
0: She fucking eats everything. Like in 0. 0.3 seconds. Yeah.
1: It's just like, fuck you. I love seeing them lose, but I hate people like that. Just like, if you're a vegan, keep it to yourself. Your dog doesn't want to be vegan.
0: Vegans can't keep it to themselves. I know. Like CrossFitters. Yeah. Everybody knows that you're a vegan and a CrossFitter. We get it.
1: It's just... I, think I, I don't agree with giving a plant-based diet. Like I know, like that. Give your dog what the dog's like supposed to have, or naturally would
0: have. It's it's not a rabbit. Their their lineage goes back to hunting in packs and and yeah, tracking down deers and stuff, and and eating that shit raw. So, fuck you for forcing your dog to be a vegan. That's not <laughs> what they want, it's man. So stupid. I mean, maybe their shit smells better. Whatever, dude. I don't care. They're not shitting anywhere where I'm really going to
1: smell it, so.
0: So how much would they have to pay you for two months to, to smell your dog shit? In
1: 6,700s, quite a bit. It is. But they also um said, like, record how it affects all these different things, and one of them was, like, poop frequency. So if I'm smelling their shit every day for two months, what if they're shitting, like, four times a day <laughs> from this plant-based diet, and it's just fucked?
0: Yeah, and and what's the scale? Like pungent? Not as pungent. Well, also are they lying? Made like, me throw up in my mouth. Are they monitoring us? Can I lie? You have to apply. So there has to be some way of making sure that you do that. I, and I really think probably somebody is going to like have to film you doing it or something, but I, don't I just know. I mean it's dog shit. It, it smells bad. How are you do you have to smell your dog's regular shit for two months first and, and then smell the. Just for reference? It, it's shit. It smells bad. When, why do, yeah. Why is
1: that something they're trying to measure? Like, why? It's well, you poop. know, okay. poop smells bad. Poop famously throughout all of history <laughs> has been something
0: that smells bad. And now we want to change that? Why do you care? I'll tell you why. Because our backyard. We have like a a covered patio, and sometimes I like to just go out there and sit in a chair and listen to some music or something, and then the wind kind of picks up, and I smell dog shit, and it (laughs) smells terrible, and I have to come in because you fucking quit picking up the dog shit in the backyard. And so um, I may force our dogs to become vegan if that works, (laughs) so I can enjoy my time outside.
1: How many times do you hang out in the backyard a week? Not many, because I keep smelling the shit. If there wasn't any shit? One? More often. More often okay 1.5 is what he
0: means more often and that was in the news with Jack (laughs) all right so we're a little long into lobby time right now but uh, I promised last week that we would get into a little uh, ask Jack Uh, 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 I'll eat your pussy Jack (laughs) when did I say that (laughs) You just did. Who are you talking to? Shut up.
1: (laughs) I'll eat your pussy. Jack. Okay. Gosh. It wasn't even funny the first time you did it, and then you did it again.
0: All right, so I think I might do two. So the first one comes from uh, Gary from Oklahoma, who we've not heard from lately, and I'm surprised he hasn't begged to come back on a show, because it's been a long, long time. We haven't even received a letter. I know. All right, Jack, what is in a movie mug and mixed drink? Vodka. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Mixed drinks. Yeah. Vodka I'll, with I'll a little mix, bit of vodka? I'll mix Sky Vodka and Skull Vodka and with some Tito's. Uh, no, I would put Tito's in it because I like Tito's. I can drink that by itself. Um, I don't know. I haven't really had mixed drinks. I have, I've tried margaritas, but I know that's tequila, and tequila is just one of the worst things I've ever tasted. I've had a vodka cranberry from Gary's mom before. She let me take a sip at their house one time. Um, i had a vodka Sunrise, the OJ and Grenadine. Okay,
0: we're, we Pretty don't good. want... He didn't ask for a list of drinks well, that you've tried. He well, wants to I'm know what's try- in a movie mug know. and mixed drink. I want it to taste good. Okay. But I don't know what would taste good. Okay. What are some other drinks that you like that maybe you could just mix with vodka? Apple juice? No way. Okay. That would not be. I don't feel like that would
1: be very good with vodka. Green Gatorade, Blue Powerade. Oh, yeah. Mountain Berry. Yes. Mountain Berry Blast Powerade is so delicious. It's like the fountain of youth definitely tastes like that. Yeah. A fucking. I would want ice. I'd want it shaken so it gets cold real quick. I would want a Mountain Berry Blast Vodka
0: Delight. Okay. You get your buzz on and your electrolytes. (laughs) Yeah, and then you rehydrate yourself after all the alcohol. You're going to have to try that then.
1: But also, it'd be cool to drop like the shot glass with stuff in it. it. You know how they do that? I do, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I don't know what you'd put in that. (laughs) Maybe light it on fire, too. Yeah. I... Seeing people try to drink shots that are lit on fire and then they spill it all over themselves. Idiots. I fucking know. Like, what's the
0: point? Nobody sober's ever done that, I guarantee you.
1: Yeah, but how do you get, like, that stupid? To, like, even if you drank so much, a smart person would never do some stupid shit like that. I stand by that. I mean, I've been pretty drunk before, and I've gotten dumber but i know not to look down the barrel of a loaded gun you know like i i know not to put fucking fire that is sitting on top of flammable liquid anywhere near me like some- and like how do some people like they're their switch flips where they yeah. don't know what's going to kill them or what's going to ruin their life via first-degree burns all over their body. Yeah. You have to be dumb before that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was in the Army, so I saw a lot of drunk people. Uh, <laughs> one of my friends broke a bottle over his head and had to get stitches. <laughs> like- uh, another guy <laughs> stole a, a deuce-and-a-half truck and uh, out of the motor pool and took it down to a local <laughs> club and, and got arrested by the MPs. It just... I've seen some shit, man.
1: It doesn't add up. You have to be dumb as a rock to do anything like that, no matter what you've done.
0: You, you drink long enough, there's definitely some things that you're like, oh, God, that was pretty stupid.
1: There's a difference between, oh, that was pretty stupid, like that was a little dangerous, versus, damn, I almost cut my friend's head off with a chainsaw because it was going to be funny for a second. I don't know. I could never be so stupid as to... Fucking drink, try and drink fire. It doesn't make any sense.
0: I'm sure there's a drug I could take that would make me do that, but it's just like, come on. I think a lot of it might be who you hang out with too. And if you and your friends already do crazy shit and you get to drinking, then it's like, I guess, I, yeah, you know, you got to up your the game with the, the crazy heightens. shit. Yeah, like little, I like little.
1: to chill out. Like, well, yeah, we'll all be hanging out, talking, we'll play a game or something. I mean, last time when I got really, really drunk, they put me in the shower. Um, they stripped you naked and put you in the shower? No, I got naked myself, and they oh. put me in the shower. Cause, well,
0: if you could get naked, why did they have to put you in the shower?
1: Well, they then like you they, wanted them to touch they, you. No, naked. no, they set me up. Like they, they turned on the water. Like hey, like Jack, you should go take a cold shower. It'll help you. And they like walked with me to the bathroom. <laughs> and I got naked and got in the shower, but I, bef- I figured out how to make the water hot, and I thought I was so clever for that, because they had sent me there with the specific... Like, uh, to take a cold shower, so I would wake up a little bit and not be, like, stupid. But I made it hot, and I fell asleep in there, and when they came in to check on me they'd open the door and the air is all hot and it's steamy in there and they turned it back cold and then when they came back in later I'd fallen asleep again and I slipped trying to stand up and I did like a somersault in the shower like I was all slick and I think I had thrown up before that maybe after I couldn't really sleep. My stomach was fucked that night.
0: Yeah. You were pretty rough the next day, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a little emotional. You did get emotional. Hey, but I I was hungover, no sleep, couldn't fucking eat anything, and then I also had medication withdrawals because I missed my medicine that night. Mm-hmm. So I was I had a lot of factors, and then I was laying in bed with my old dog, and I started crying
0: about it, so... Yes, Jack can cry. Mm -hmm. He is capable of crying. We need to do another uh, Make Us Cry episode because Inside Out did not make us cry. That was a great movie, though. It was a great movie. (laughs) It was really good. Definitely. All right, so Powerade and vodka with a lot of ice. Not a lot of ice. Okay,
1: I, I just want it to be put in the shaker, a martini-looking shaker. Yeah, because the place that me and my friends go to when we drink, one of our friends' house, his dad has a whole bar. He has one of those fancy cups that looks like a, a tomb. You know, I know what you're. Yeah. Everybody knows what you're talking about. And you about. can like take the top off, and it's grated. Yeah, yeah, and you can put like hot stuff in there, but you put just a little ice in there, and you shake it. And it's instantly like the most cold thing you've ever touched i just want it to be a really cold drink maybe just a l- little bit of ice in it okay and that was that's jack uh, 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 i'll eat your pussy that's a good one <laughs> you're gonna have one. to keep that one forever
0: uh, yeah until it's done oh i got some more <laughs> i got some more uh-oh All right, well, we do not have enough time for the second Ask Jack, So, um, but I will say that, Eric, the next one's going to be yours, and I can't promise it'll be next week, but it's—
1: Let's do it next week. Why don't we? Because before this one, it was like several weeks ago that we didn't Mm -hmm. Ask Jack,
0: so we should do another one. All right, so you heard it, Eric, from California. Next week, we will do uh, one of your Ask Jacks. All right, you got anything else for the lobby? I don't. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room, and I will unveil today's movie. All right, so today's movie came out in 2006. Ooh. It is rated R. I'm sorry, am, am I boring you over there? I said, ooh. Oh, as you were yawning.
1: As I finished yawning. Okay. You fuck off.
0: It is one hour and 41 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 91%, an IMDb 7.8 out of 10, and 90% of Google users like this movie. All right, let's see what the Mormon mothers have to say. There's a reference to second-degree burns on a man's Johnson from sexual activity. That sounds familiar. And there are 42 F-words used in this movie, which I think the Mormon mothers have to be a little lazy there, because I guarantee if they say the word fuck, there's other cuss words in there, too. Oh, yeah. But they just didn't bother to list them.
1: They only listed fuck? Yeah, there are 42
0: F-words. Okay. So, All right, this movie is called Little Miss Sunshine.
1: Nice. I mean, I've seen it. I know. I don't know how long it's been, though. I
0: don't think it's been that long. But yeah, I'm excited. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's one of these. Look, I I don't know how long Movie Muggum will last. I mean, I'm not even thinking about it ending or anything like that, but I just know, you know, one day for unforeseen circumstances or or Jack gets married and his wife is very overbearing and won't even let him come over and see me anymore. Why would I ever marry someone who's <laughs>
1: fucking stupid and controlling? You
0: know, we, we might still try to do it on the phone in secret or something like that, but I mean, look, this isn't going to last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So this was one of those movies that I'm like, you know what? It would just be a travesty if we didn't do this movie. That's fair. Kind of the way I feel about it. So uh, today's that day. Cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's do it. Let's take a movie mug and pause. (music) And we are back after watching 2006's Little Miss Sunshine. Yep. All right, before I even get into the 50 Cent tour, let me just say right now if you've not seen this movie, stop, go no further. You're still listening, motherfucker. I said go no further. Like, (laughs) Stop and watch this movie and then come back and listen to this because you owe it to yourself to see this film. Trust me, watch this movie and then come back. Please, go no further. All right, this is not an easy 50 Cent Tour. Yes, it is. Okay, but it's got so many layers to it that I almost feel like a 50 Cent Tour is a disservice to this movie. 50 Cent Tour is tradition and
1: 50 Cent Tour... Contrary to your 50 Cent Tours, usually, doesn't have to cover everything. It covers the four bases. We'll go okay. back to baseball. Oh. And, and that's it. It doesn't cover shortstop. And it <laughs> that's about the other. Out, <laughs> outfield and catcher yeah. and the umpires. It the, doesn't cover all that. The
0: person on deck and the guy sitting <laughs> in the dugout. Okay. Yeah, and the guy all with right. the headset on. Okay, you've inspired me. This is about a family who uh, whose daughter word. What comes?
1: What is the adjective before family? What is the word that dysfunctional? Yes, there you go. All right, so it's
0: about a a dysfunctional family whose daughter wants to be in a pageant and California Little Miss Sunshine pageant. So they get what Little Miss Sunshine pageant?
1: (laughs) You said. I, I let it go the first time when you said pageant and you said it again. No, there's an N in, in there pageant.
0: <laughs> yeah, you said pageant. Would you fucking let me do the 50 cent Well, tour?
1: I inspired you enough. I know. And then fucking you up. fucking interrupted me. dysfunctional. Speaking of dysfunctional.
0: Oh, so, what happened to your mic?
1: Dysfunctional.
0: Bitch. So it's about a dysfunctional family <laughs> whose daughter is going to be in the Little Miss Sunshine pageant <laughs> in California. With the wolves. <laughs> are, you, are you finished Finish, and so they have to hop into a uh, vw van that's not in the best shape <laughs> and uh there's lots of little misadventures along the way and finally she gets to be in the pageant and she uh kicks some fucking ass yeah and then they're not invited back yeah the end all right let's see what the internet has to say the hoover family a man his wife an uncle a brother and a grandfather puts the fun back and dysfunctional by piling into a VW bus and heading to California to support a daughter in her bid to win the Little Miss Sunshine Contest. The sanity of everyone involved is stretched to the limit as the group's quirks cause epic problems as they travel along their interstate route. That is a fantastic synopsis of this movie. That is perfect. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm going to go down the cast real quick because it was fucking all-star. Yeah according to me. So you have, um, Greg Kinnear, which played the dad, Richard. You have, Tony uh, Toni Collette, which played the mom, Cheryl. I fucking love Tony Collette. She's an
1: amazing actress. She
0: is right up there with Frances McDormand is one of my favorite actresses by far. Yeah. They are both fucking great. I love seeing her in a movie. You have, uh, Steve Carell, which plays her brother, Frank. You have Alan Arkin, which plays the grandfather who is fucking outstanding. He's awesome. He has inspired me. If I ever become a grandfather, that's the kind of grandfather I'm going to be. Great advice, doesn't give a shit, snorts heroin, but still tells his son that he's proud of him. Yeah. Then you got uh, Paul Dano, who plays Dwayne, the son. And then you got Abigail Breslin, who plays Olive, who's trying to be a little Miss Sunshine. Just a wonderful cast that works so well together.
1: I know I've seen Abigail Breslin in other things. Zombie Zombieland. I, that movie's just all right to me, though. I don't know. Okay. Well, so I don't remember it.
0: You've seen her in that, though. And then... She, she's Little Rock. Hmm. She's also in Signs. Oh, she's Bo. Yeah. Holy shit, it took me a minute. Uh-huh.
1: Wow, okay. And, and she was great in that. And then Paul Dano. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. I know he's in... Uh, Batman, the new one. He was actually in Looper. He, I think he was the guy who. He was the friend. Yeah. Yeah, who uh, got killed with uh-huh. all the silver. Uh huh.
0: And Alan Arkin has been in a movie with Steve Carell before. And that was Get Smart. He was the boss. Okay. And you said you'd remember. seen him before. So I, I looked it up. That. Yeah, I've
1: seen that multiple times.
0: And Tony Collette was in. The way, way back. Yeah, with Steve yeah. Carell, which. Both of the roles with Tony Collette for Steve Carell were different than what Steve Carell normally plays.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean she's in a s- certain types of movies I guess where the acting is turned up a notch. I and mean, she was in Hereditary, mm-hmm. her acting in that was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think she was probably one of the only good things about that movie. Yeah.
1: She can sell emotions perfectly. She's wonderful. Like just her facial expressions, she is just and she just gets them perfect. You can tell how she's feeling just by looking at her face at all times in any movie she's in. Yeah, yeah. She's and some actors, I feel like, definitely struggle with that. That would be something kind of hard to do. She's Australian. What?
0: <laughs> no, I just saw that.
1: What? Yeah. So she moved to America when she was like one. Oh, I,
0: I don't know. I'm not going to go. That that, is, I'm not going to go on a deep dive there. Does, there's no way she has an Australian accent. So, so how is it? that people like uh, British people and Australian people can just nail American accents so well, but if you asked me to be in a fucking movie where I had to be Australian, it would be a fucking train wreck. Well... How are they so good at it? Do you not think they get some kind of coaching? <laughs> well, I don't know.
1: I mean, uh, if they're actors, I would think, yes, they have gotten coaching. They Their first role... There's no way their first role ever is American accent. Like... Look at uh, Harry Potter. He started in Harry Potter where he got to be British, and then he's in movies like Guns Akimbo where he has an American
0: accent later. So you you really think there's some kind of schooling where they go and then they learn how to speak with a different accent? They have to, and yes, that's something, you can get
1: voice coaching for singing. Yeah. If someone can teach you how to sing or someone can teach you a different language, someone can teach you how to have a different accent. There's definitely coaching lessons. I mean, maybe some people are just good at that and they they nail their first role because they can do it so well and they're talented. But I, I don't know this for sure. This is all coming out of my ass pretty much. But I feel like you make it and then you have access to things like that. So like, say Quentin Tarantino saw your talent in a different movie, but he wants you to sound American in his movie. He already knows you're a great actor, so he'll cast you. Then he would have someone help you learn how to sound American. Because there's all these different things to go into filming a movie. Do you you think it's outlandish for that to be one? And I guarantee if you practiced it every day for like three months, you could do a much more convincing Australian accent than you can now. I mean,
0: of course. But I just think that somehow... It's easier for people from Australia and uh, Great Britain to just be able to do American accents than it is for Americans to be able to do British and Australian accents. And, and I don't know why there's there's no logical reasoning behind that statement or the way I think. It, it might but just be— So many do it. So many movies, I'm like—I find out later that they're from Ireland or something. I'm like, how the fuck? Do they—really? really I mean, so many. I mean, you're. It's really surprising sometimes that you just can't believe it because they can nail like a southern accent or something. And you're, yeah. There, there's something to the dialect they speak that I, I don't know their tongue. It just makes it easier. I, I just really feel like that's closer to the truth than them going to a school or doing some kind of phonetics lessons or something. But then again, I feel like another reason is because American movies are huge all around the world. Yeah. And I think they get a pretty big diet of watching American movies and American shows because you never hear of huge blockbuster Australian movies, right? True. Or or British movies. That now there are some, but you never they're not like huge, like American movies. And so I think they watch that all the time and they see that all the time and they're hearing it all the time they'll and, grow up mimicking yeah so that's probably has something to do with it as well like if we watched australian movies all the time it would probably be a lot easier yeah, for us to do that that's so true. yeah i, th- I think
1: I like got- harry potter is like the first british movie i ever saw and i can i feel like i could quote some of those things like decently well in british but that's cuz i can hear them in my head and then mimic it so they can probably do the same thing I think I just solved the case.
0: I think you did too. All right. So great cast. And this movie did a fantastic job from the very beginning, introducing the characters Mm -hmm. one at a time. And you kind of got to know them within about one minute, like each of them and their thing, which it was, it was just great. They did such a great job of character development, which a lot of times I don't give a shit about. But and When the this, characters are so compelling and so well-written, yeah. then you care about it. And no one character was more important than another in this movie. There was not like, you're the lead role, because there yeah. was no lead role. There were like five or six lead roles.
1: But then you take out one, and the movie doesn't function anymore. No. You needed all of them. They were all equally important.
0: So I didn't really write down many notes about this because I just got so engrossed in the movie yeah, that I just kind of didn't even think about writing notes. Well, you've seen it so many times, though. I don't know about so many times. I've I've probably watched it five times. Maybe this is my sixth time, something like this, from start to finish.
1: I've probably seen it like three or four times. Okay. There's no way you've only seen a movie like one more time than me. Or maybe it's just been a while. It's probably just been a while. And I was getting this mixed up with the Ed Helms vacation (laughs) because obviously, I mean, similar kind of movies, dysfunctional family to a degree – shitty Volkswagen bus kind of thing going where it just does not really work in their favor ever. (laughs) The seat spun around as he was driving it when he pressed a button. And there's like the plug on the side (laughs) that they like couldn't put back in. The cord. Yeah. It's like,
0: it was a good movie. That actually was a good movie. It it was funny. You would have thought that a a remake of Vacation probably wouldn't have been very good, but I loved it. I thought they did a great, great job. They did do a great job. Except
1: I hate both of their sons. No, they were great. I hate looking at both of them. They like, <laughs> like when the dogs bark, it strikes a chord in you. Looking at the older son strikes a chord in me. I can't look at him. Like he's hard to look at. I feel like I could pee on him and he would like fall down and die. That's you a, know,
0: that's a really weird thing to All say. Peeing
1: on somebody's like harmless. It doesn't hurt. Nothing bad. Well, besides the mental anguish if you get peed on. But I was just trying to say I could I could blow on him, like that, not yeah. the other kind, and he would fall over. You know, he's such a pushover, such a yeah. loser, such a baby, and I can't handle characters like that. I was just like, dude, because <laughs> if I was the older brother and my fucking three foot tall brat little brother was doing that to me, you just knock him out. Yeah. And what what your mom's gonna ground you? Well, it was fucking worth it. He wasn't like that though. I, but yeah, like, come on, what older brother isn't like that? If you could see him right now, what would you say to him? I'll eat your pussy. Jeez, Jack. <laughs> no, no. He probably, probably has a pussy <laughs> acting like such a bitch.
0: <laughs> Man, let's just get it out of the way right now. Score time. 100. oh absolutely I mean I
1: I literally thought while I was in the bathroom after uh, the movie I thought we should just do score time at the very beginning yeah like come back and you say score time yeah 100 I yeah. mean all day there's long there's nothing wrong with this movie even the side characters that like they're basically extras like the lady who didn't want to check them in at the pageant perfectly cast it. oh my god the, the creepy announcer he was perfectly casted as well. the the dad who's like first time, this all these characters who maybe had like three lines
0: in the whole thing. Linda, the bereavement specialist.
1: Yeah, she was fucking, fantastic. Everyone was fantastic. Yeah. They they pulled out all the stops on this one,
0: and there is just nothing wrong with this movie. The only thing wrong with this movie is that I can't watch it again for the first time. Yeah. That's the only thing wrong with this movie. Because I love it so much. But even though I know what's coming, it's still fan-fucking-tastic.
1: It's a powerful movie. It really is. It it fills you with emotion. Uh, Yeah. And it's usually like an elation kind of feeling. Like... Euphoric (laughs) to watch this movie. It feels good to watch this movie. It doesn't always feel good because there's there's some parts where you feel really bad for them. But when the the high the lows aren't that low in this movie. That's true. The low points are low in this movie, but the way they handle it doesn't make you feel that low. Yeah, because you like when grandpa dies, they almost immediately start Packing him up and putting him in the car. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's funny. And But the highs in this movie, it's like a drug watching this movie. It yeah. makes you feel so good. Like, like you wish you would erase your whole current life just to be in that family. Damn, man. But, like, don't you... Fuck you, too. It would be, co- like, cool to spend time with them, you know, to be... <laughs> Yeah. With that family pre grandpa death, just to be there. Like so, I just love these people. Are they a better family than ours? No. Okay. No, because oh, well, they're I thought broke that's as
0: shit. where you were getting at. Oh, because they're broke? <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason. No, and they I, can, I, I we can afford to get our air conditioning fixed and they can't. I mean, everyone grew throughout the movie to be a
1: better person, especially yeah. the prick dad. He was once his whole job offer thing got shut down, I started to love him. He was just about... He's insufferable. Yes. <laughs> that's the perfect word. I was thinking I was, despicable, but insufferable it, is he's perfect. Not, he wasn't, there was a despicable moment. The ice cream moment, yep. that was despicable. So, so You dad, never tell a kid, oh, don't eat ice cream, you're going to get fat. You let them learn, okay, some things, if you eat them too much, you'll be fat. So you got to balance, try and balance your diet. Don't eat like Jack,
0: but try and balance your diet. So dad was trying to sell a a, a book and, and probably a whole program about the nine steps to being a winner. Ugh. He was always trying to infuse his, his book and his program into life and wouldn't let anybody say anything negative or anything. And he was just insufferable for sure. And so he has this book. And he's basically already been told by Stan Grossman, played by Brian Cranston, I know that the book is already going to take off. He's already got a deal. Um, he's just waiting for the money to come in. But the book deal falls apart. I have a theory that when his book deal falls apart, he goes back home and he writes the story of what happened on the road and he sells that book and becomes a, a famous author. <laughs> and then could. this movie was based on that.
1: <laughs> Is there even programs like that that sell in real life? Yes. Like those sell? Yes. All right. So so when I was in there's sales... There's no secret to anything in life. Everybody's looking for it, though. Yeah. Well, stop looking. It doesn't exist. You figure it out yourself through life experiences. And oh, there's your profound shit, Erica. It's been a while. That was kind of profound. There was
0: a book called The Secret. That sold like fucking crazy. And the bottom line, because I got it, the bottom line, (laughs) and and look, I'll tell you why here in a little bit. The bottom line is you think things into existence. No, that's not true. Well, let me, let me tell you what this, how many books The Secret sold. Let me, let me look it up really quick. So the book, The Secret, it was all about the law of attraction and you think it and you, you attract it into your life. So that book, let's see. Oh, fuck. Um, it has been translated into 50 different languages. It has sold over 30 million copies. <laughs> so the book and film, because they made like a, a video of it also, mm-hmm. had grossed $300 million in sales by 2009. So good look. Everybody wants to know the secret to life, the secret to happiness, the secret to riches. And don't waste your time reading these books that well, are fake. That's a big part of it. But when I used to be in sales, I was in a, a business that was... That was like the complete opposite of a business that I should be in. I am no salesman. I fucking yeah, it's it's the worst possible job for me because I don't really like talking to people. You don't don't really like to, you don't like talking to yeah, people. Yeah, I don't like talking no to people. No really necessary there. So not and and I don't like asking anybody for help. Mm-hmm. Like if I had a couch in the back of my truck and my neighbor was outside, I would struggle to get it out of the back of my truck on my own. They would yeah. probably come over and help me and they would laugh at me and say, Why are you trying to do that? I'm I'm right here but i don't like to ask anybody for anything so and and i'm and i'm introverted as fuck and so you put me in a business where i have to go into businesses ask to speak to somebody i don't know and then ask for his business it's the fucking worst <laughs> it was awful 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 so i fucking hated it but i could make good money doing it mm-hmm. and so i thought if i could just figure out a secret or something to inspire me to become something or i don't know so i read a lot it's of a those transform, fucking books yes but that I wasted tons of money on shit looking for something that was going to light a fuse in me that was going to allow me to do what I needed to do to be successful. And, dude, I I guarantee self-help is probably the biggest genre in book sales that's out there.
1: You you qualify that as self-help, the secret?
0: Yes. That's like, it's fish oil to me.
1: Like, there's self-help and then there's that shit. I feel like,
0: go ahead. For some people, reading stuff like that, it will change their mindset and then they do change their life. So there, there is something to it. It's not- It's not for everyone. No, it's not for everyone. But when you read something like that, you're wanting to find something in it. And so a lot of times you find something in it and you go with it for a while and sometimes you feel like it's working. Just like when I watched Rocky for the first time, I got really fucking motivated and went out and, like, like practiced shadow boxing <laughs> and doing push-ups, you know? So it, it's kind of like that. Sometimes it'll build you up and motivate you to do things, and you'll go out and fucking do it. So in a nutshell, it kind of does help you. It can. Can help you. And and some of the books did help me f- for a time, but then— <laughs> but They're fake secrets, so they, they're well, not the real secret. But that's not who I am either, and— you can only try to pretend to be somebody you're not for so long before mm-hmm. it just fucking gets the best of you. And then has the opposite effect.
1: So we did watch a movie, a very lighthearted movie. If you had to pick one family member as your favorite. Oh. <laughs> Grandpa. Grandpa? Yeah. He was he was great for the short time he was on. Snorting heroin in the bathroom
0: and wildly inappropriate. Oh, giving the greatest advice to his uh, grandson. Fuck a lot of women. Don't yeah. just fuck one, fuck a lot of women.
1: I just... Uh, the movie was so wholesome because it showed, like, whenever they're at the diner and the dad's being a prick, he's on his nine-step program, and he's like... Shaming. If you eat that ice cream you're gonna be fat Yeah, a seven-year-old girl. at like, the Don't tell them that, you know? And... <laughs> And so she's like, Does anyone want my ice cream? And so Steve Carell, um, Dwayne, forgot the actor's name, uh, and the grandpa, they're all like, Mmm, this ice cream is so good. Yeah. I think Tony Collette joined in too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Stop it. And she's like, Don't eat anymore. Like, it shows that everyone except the dad until the end was kind of more on the same wavelength of. We're all here and being nice and making this work because of Abigail Breslin, Olive. They were decent human beings. Yeah. The dad was just so absorbed in this thing that he couldn't get his head out of it and then realize, wow, I I, fucked that. Here's the nine steps to being a winner. The real ones. And it's like... Be nice to
0: your family is step one for him. He was the perfect dad. They had him with, like, khaki shorts with a tucked-in button-up shirt. New balances. Uh Uh-huh, with white socks kind of pulled up. He had his uh, cell phone on his belt. It was was beautiful. Watching him loosen up was amazing. Yeah, it definitely was. Because he got to the point where he was like, you know what? Fuck you, fuck this. And I, I think he just somehow from getting turned down and his dream crushed, it made him a better person. It did the opposite of what it would do to most people. Mm -hmm. To most people, they would never
1: recover, or it would take forever to recover. He bounced back and was better for it, which was weird.
0: Because I think when you put so much into something, and you pour so much into something, and it's not working out, and it's negative... And then it finally goes away. There's a sense of freedom in and that. relief because he wasn't even talking about the steps after that. He Mm-mm, just became at all a normal human being, which was which was really really nice. So, so who was your favorite? Steve Carell. I mean, <laughs> he was great.
1: He is like I I love the dark tones he brings to the movie. He had just tried to kill himself. Yeah, and he had the wristbands on the whole time because presumably, yeah, whatever. You all know what I'm talking about. Um.
0: Oh, the bandages.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wrist. <laughs> I said
0: wrist. <laughs> yeah. Bands. He didn't just come from playing basketball.
1: No, no. Yeah, he had bandages, and it starts at the. He looks so disheveled. He looks like he wants to just be gone. He doesn't even want to be there. But the insurance, whatever, they kicked him out of the hospital, so he has to be with his family. And they're crazy. Their son won't talk. Their grandpa's a dirty old bastard. Their the fucking dad's a schmuck and. The mom's just trying her best to hold everyone together. Yeah. And he's like, fuck man, why am I here? But I, I loved how he was, Dwayne had no one else. He was forced into the, this like friendship with his uncle, Steve Carell. And I like how they bonded Mm -hmm. over hating the world and hating the situation they're in. Just like silently they could look at each other and they were connected. They're in a, in similar enough head spaces To just kind of get each other, you know? Like,
0: fuck, they look at each other at the dinner table. This is terrible. The son was on a vow of silence. Yeah. And so he wrote down shit, and he wrote down to Steve Carell, welcome to hell. Yeah. And Steve Carell was like, yep. Thank you. they were in that together on the same wavelength, and it, it was cool.
1: That's what made me, that's a big part of why I like Steve Carell's character, because he's more like Dwayne at the start, and then you get to see both of them, grow into not giving a fuck going through their own personal hells the whole movie but i just i I like steve carell because he's steve carell and i can identify with his character a little bit and i just think if i was that uncle i would have taken a liking to Dwayne as well so it's just i don't know relatable
0: the whole situation was just a ridiculous situation a hard situation but it it breathed life back into Steve Carell too. Yeah, somebody who just tried to kill himself was now you know just because of this road trip you feel like he's going to be okay now. He's with this family, and they just it it gave life to everybody except for Grandpa. obviously. Well, yeah, he he,
1: he had a heroin overdose,
0: but but though. in the end they were fine. Mm-hmm. They were they were fine. There was no way Tony Collette was going to stay married to. Her husband. That, that, that relationship was basically over, but at the end, they all came together, and I feel like they all went back to New Mexico, and their life was so much Just, better. Yeah. And even though even even though the money wasn't going to be there, somehow they- Things were going
1: to work out. Things were going to work out. This movie out movies so many other movies, because it plays it. Every human has the emotions that this movie plays to. You know, and they they tune up all the emotions of the characters, and mm-hmm. so that's what makes people drawn to it so much. Is because like, like this is amazing. Like this story is amazing. This character development. But I feel like it's you take a step back and you realize this is just a very well made movie. And I mean, a lot of it was still like realistic levels, but like this movie is too good to be true. Because you're like the, you want to believe it could be true yeah though. <laughs> you want that's the the point though that's what they want the people watching to realize uh, like think is
0: like, man but, this i I wish this was true but or but like, other than stealing grandpa's dead body out of a uh, out of a hospital and shoving it into the back of a van and the police pulling them over and not seeing it, what else in this movie couldn't happen? not couldn't happen everything in this movie could but 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 the that pers- was unrealistic with grandpa the other stuff not so unrealistic is something that could happen
1: i mean uh, yeah i guess but i feel like the chances are heavily favored in bad ending if this happened in real life versus good ending like you know in real life i would think the parents would get divorced and uh, there's no way they just bounce back because they did finish the road trip and danced with their daughter on the stage. Like there's no way like, well, but I guess the first step to that was him bouncing back from that whole thing. That would break a man in real life. You you live your life by all these steps and you finally, Oh, I'm going to make so much money off of this. And this is just the beginning of my financial adventure with the biggest passion in my life. It all gets ripped out from you. Like I, that's, that's the big one. There's no way he, I, I feel like he just goes and sits where Dwayne did, but he doesn't ever go back to the bus.
0: No, I I, I think that things like that can help people come back even better.
1: It, it can. Everything in this movie is possible. I just feel like the chances are bigger that you wouldn't come back.
0: But what did Steve Carell say at the very end? What was his advice to um, Dwayne? What did he say? Dwayne was like, fuck this. I want to skip high school, I want to skip college, I want to skip oh, all that bullshit. Can, all the I, just, can makes I just Can I just be can I just be 18? What what did he say? He's saying, well, suffering
1: makes you who you are. And so you it may be terrible then, but if you get through it, you'll be happy because it made you the person you
0: are. Boom. The movie the end.
1: But not everyone can make it through suffering. No, you know? I, I know that. That's why I'm saying this movie. But I, I'll bring it down a notch. It's not too good to be true. It's just you got to get a lot of lucky dice rolls to end up perfect out of a situation like this. And they ended up perfect.
0: Yeah, I didn't.
1: I guess perfect situation is Grandpa Lives. Well, yeah, but, I, I think perfect. I don't think a lot of people would
0: say this is perfect, but...
1: It's, uh, it's why and What better ending for this movie is there? This was... Perfect. Their lives are all just upgraded because of this silly road trip they wanted to do because Olive wanted to be a pageant queen. And I I fucking love this movie, man. They make it perfect. They make it play to all the right emotions and get you so invested. Yeah, like I said, I didn't write down uh, hardly any notes at all. And it's like, it's realistic and... It having such a happy-go-lucky kind of ending is the only ending that could keep this movie good. If it went down a different path, like they they expertly crafted this
0: thing. Yeah, this is by far one of the best movies that we've ever um, watched and for the show. Yeah. All right, let's just get into favorite parts. Not, not that this is possible.
1: Uh, I loved when they started running with the bus. Mm-hmm. We, let's alternate. Let's alternate okay. because this is we, we can't make a singular one. I'm going to blabber on about all these different parts like I always do. So, yeah, when they, when they first realize, fuck, the bus doesn't run anymore. Like I can't shift into first and second. So we have to push it until we get to a certain speed that I can shift into third and fourth and we're fine. And they all just get out and push it and one by one jump back in the side. And yep. It's just that is amazing.
0: Yeah, when the dad gets pissed off and he he slams on the horn and then the horn just won't shut off and it's it's just making and it's not just yeah, it's a dying horn sound. Yeah. The whole time he gets pulled over by the cop, the uh his his father's dead body's in the back and the horn's still making noise and the cop goes back there and it's just a bunch of porn magazines that grandpa told Steve Carell to pick up for him. He's like, "Here's 20 bucks, get me some porn and, mm-hmm. get, and get you some porn too." <laughs> The whole horn thing was just, it meshed so perfectly with the feeling at the time that was going on. Cause everybody was really, really down at that moment. Yeah. yeah. And so that was a bit of humor that you could enjoy, but at the same time you felt their pain when that's going yeah. on because you know, they just had to be like, what the fuck next? And then they get pulled over by the cops. So that's not my favorite part, but I just wanted to talk about it because it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so a couple of things you asked me if Abigail Breslin was was wearing something to make her look a little bit bigger. So I looked it up and and actually she did.
1: I, I thought so. It didn't look right mm-hmm. cuz they gave, they gave her a little bit of a, a gut there. Uh-huh. That didn't match the rest of her. Yeah, that yeah. didn't match.
0: And also I saw that It made it more endearing though. Oh, yes, 100%. cute, I don't know. Yeah. Um when she had the headphones on and Grandpa was talking about, fuck as many girls as you can, she was actually listening to music. I figured because... So she didn't actually hear yeah, Grandpa
1: going on that. I figured that was how that went, too. She
0: was fucking phenomenal, man. I don't know how she did that crying that I she know. Did. When she was a little worried about the pageant and if she was going to do well and am if I she pretty, pretty and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, she started crying and just fantastic. And Grandpa was so great. He was so loving. But he was a he was, powerful character. He, just the sense of humor and the, I don't give a fuck and the doing heroin. And yeah. he was great comic relief and just a guy that you want to be around. And what was interesting
1: is maybe in a movie, a character dies at some point, unlike them, he got dragged throughout the entire movie. He was comic relief, even though he was dead. Yeah, because yeah. he's just in the trunk, in a buried in a, or in a sheet. The cop comes, doesn't see him, and you're just thinking his body's right there. That when they actually quote unquote rescue him from the hospital, uh-huh. that part is funny. And he he had been dead a while already before they like took his body out of there, and then. I'd like to dedicate this to my grandpa. Where is he now? In our trunk. Like Uh he's just, he was (laughs) dead. His character wasn't in the movie for like the last 45 minutes there,
0: but he's still cracking all of these jokes. Somehow the director crafted this. You loved grandpa. You loved, loved, loved his character, but his death didn't break your heart somehow it didn't hurt at all no which it, which was weird even when i saw it for the first time i mean you're sad and you don't want but you're more sad or i was more sad because oh fuck he's not going to be in the movie anymore you know cuz he was one of the greatest parts but somehow you i don't know you you don't or at least me and maybe i just don't have a heart you I didn't just feel i it just either. didn't feel the deep sadness that i should have felt with such a endearing, wonderful character.
1: Well, the way they framed everything, um, Abigail Breslin's character, she didn't cry. Tony Collette like had like a small like tearful exclamation or something. No one cried, and it, it was just never framed to be a sad event. So like the colors weren't sad. The hospital scene was funny before. Like the like the whole thing was. Funny, the saddest part whenever was whenever he looked under the sheet and looked yeah. at his dad and was yeah. like, damn it, dad. Like, why? But that was 10 seconds, and then he's like, we're not giving up here. We're, we're still going to the pageant and starts tucking his dad's body in mm-hmm. and feeding him out the window. Like, every, it's very short-lived, and even the part that should have been sad was funny. So it, it was never meant to be sad.
0: That event was kind of what brought the family together yeah. because somehow they all ended up signing off on, yeah, let's steal this body and fucking yeah. go, which and was great. Just,
1: they're all on the same page. The dad, at this point, this that was the peak of his metamorphosis from uptight prick to go with the flow. I'm an actual winner now, dad. And that was awesome to see too. And then all the events after that get to the pageant. It's her turn. She's nothing like all these other fake girls who were eight years old, getting spray tans and shit. Having their hair done—that's disgusting. I hate it.
0: It's so it, wrong.
1: It, it fucks your kid up. Yeah. How can it not?
0: Don't do that to your kid. That's Never. just a fucked up thing to parade your kid out there in her bathing suit and skimpy clothing and make her kind of. try to it's walk. Gross. It's too. it's disturbing. It is just disturbing. really the pageant world. Paul Blart is, Blard is not disturbed,
1: but uh, fucking beauty pageants are disturbed. Right
0: up there with plant-based dog food. But it's just all stupid. It's she starts dancing to super freak and And none of the family knows because
1: she's been practicing this with with grandpa Grandpa the whole time. He taught her the moves and everything. She throws off her top hat. She has tearaway pants on (laughs) and she takes off her tie and starts like doing it like on her butt, you know, like shaking her butt and pulling the the tie across Mm -hmm. at the judges pretty much. Yep. And the, the creepy contestant announcer guy is trying to grab her and get her off the stage. And so dad, super dad, he's like, get your hands off my daughter and like tackles him. And then they're like, okay, get your daughter off the stage. He walks out there behind her and he doesn't have the heart to do it. So he like starts bobbing his head and he starts dancing. And then slowly everyone in the family gets up there and starts dancing in front of everyone. And it was just beautiful. Yes, beautiful. It was so amazing, fantastic, perfect. Everything about that scene was right, mm-hmm. and it just eased the soul. Well,
0: obviously, that's your favorite part and my favorite part.
1: Yeah, that's the the big not not that this that was a payoff. This whole movie was a payoff, but that was just a big explosive moment. Of this has kind of
0: all been leading up to this, and the first time seeing that. You're just like, holy yeah, shit, this is dancing. beautiful. This is wonderful. Their dance moves, like, none of them
1: were like great dancers, but they were just, they, they, it shows the whole, it appeals to human emotion. Oh, these people don't care what anyone thinks about them. They're just there to have a great time. They're, they don't give a fuck. Every, every person wants to be like that. Yep. And so that's another big thing that gets that huge rise in emotion is like, wow, you're kind of envious. That's why even though this family is fucked up in many, many ways, you're kind of envious of them and the life they had. Yeah. 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 Because it was just so free, so amazing, so much worry. But then in the end there's just no worry and you feel like there never will be again in their family. That's why I said in the beginning Like, like you want to live with them for a little bit. Like, you just just love them like they're
0: not actors and they're real people. Set me up a cot in their living room. And I will sleep on it. And I will share (laughs) a bucket of chicken with you.
1: Yeah, they had a bucket of chicken for uh, dinner the first Uh night, so Uh that
0: was fitting. Which leads me into bucket of chicken. I can't, man.
1: I I don't know that uh, this might be the first time I just don't.
0: I, I'm, I mean, I, I give it to everyone. Well, I agree, and I say I'm putting my bucket of chicken in the van. I was gonna say I'll put it on the table in the van where they got it. They yeah. can enjoy it once they start running and get the van going. They can hop in and they can uh, they can share that bucket of chicken because you you can't. No, I mean it's and, and, life
1: imprisonment if you can choose one yeah. thing to give it to. You're going to jail
0: for. And lunch. really, the main it's pageant guy, crazy. he's deserving too. He was wonderful. He sang the.
1: America. So he was just, he was creepy, getting all up yeah. in their ear, singing the song. And most of the girls are still just smiling straightforward. But Abigail Breslin's like looking at him and side eyeing, like towards the camera, which is towards the crowd, and looking uncomfortable. It was just, everything was perfect.
0: Uh, another favorite part I really, really liked, and this was more of uh, the the humor that Grandpa's death brought us, is the doctor comes out and he's like, uh, are y'all the family? We, we've done everything we can do. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry. It just wasn't enough. We just couldn't save him. And now I'll have our uh, bereavement specialist come out and talk to you. And he walks off and he gets around the corner. And he's like, Linda! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck, Yeah, dude? that was funny. And I also liked it when... <laughs> they get to the hotel where the pageant is, but they they can't slow down enough to, to get everybody out. Because
1: if they slow down, their whole van's just going to uh-huh. stop. They're driving on the sidewalk. And, and they go on this roundabout
0: a bunch of times uh-huh. before they figure out their plan of where to uh-huh. go. This movie just, it was wonderful, even with the hard, hard shit that this family went through from beginning to end. It was wonderfully crafted. It was perfectly crafted. We I've said perfect so many mm-hmm. times, but I mean, there
1: is nothing bad about this movie. Everything was done correctly, mm-hmm. the only way it should have been done. Yeah,
0: fantastic. Yeah, I think we've conveyed that uh, we both enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I, I think maybe
1: they think we liked it. I hope so.
0: All right, well, you got anything else? I don't. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 162 of Movie Muggin. If you would like to keep up with us, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Movie Muggin. If you would like to email us, MovieMuggin at gmail.com. Hey, man, why don't you head on over to our website, MovieMuggin.com. You can go over there. You can actually listen to episodes on there. You can uh, click the link, Movies That We've Mugged, and you can look at all the movies we've mugged in alphabetical order to see if the movie that you love the most is on there. Uh, You can also click on the link that says Ask Jack. We did an Ask Jack today. You can submit a question for Jack, and you can go to our merch store and check out all the uh, fine things we have there. Uh, Be a good way to support the show. Also, if you enjoy this show, please share it with others. Please let other people know that we're out there, man, and that they would uh, enjoy listening to us. Uh, Jack, you got anything else to add to the people out there?
1: I'll eat your pussy.
0: Okay, Jack. Well...
1: (laughs) I keep, like, not even... You you ask if I have anything to add or anything to say to this person. And I'm like thinking in my head, I'm about to talk. And then you click the button. I'm not clicking any button. I'm going to eat your pussy.
0: Yeah, I'm not clicking any button. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time, you have yourself a movie mugging day. Bye.
1: I'll eat your pussy.